0: Hi, welcome to the Creative Review Podcast. I'm Eliza Williams and for today's show I'm joined by the film producer Jackie Davis to talk about the feature film Ray and Liz. Hello. Ray and Liz is directed by artist and photographer Richard Billingham and draws on his startling photos of his family life which brought him wide acclaim in the 1990s. The photo is often an extraordinarily candid portrait of Billingham's upbringing in a council estate tower block in the 90s And in reality, he brings these still images to life in a film which is intense and mesmerising and often quite upsetting. Jackie was involved with the film from the start, so we're going to talk to her a bit about how it was made and also about the idea of taking your photographs and turning them into a film. But to kick off, could you maybe talk, I know it's quite a long process making this film, can you just talk about how it got started and and how how you got to where you are now?
1: Yeah, I was aware of Richard's photographs long, long before I met him. Uh, I... Probably saw them the first time in art press, in magazines, etc., in the 90s, and then saw the Sensation Show, which mm-hmm. was uh, an exhibition which, in a sense, kind of created the idea of the YBAs, the young British artists, uh, who then went on to really change the the British art scene and actually the kind of international art scene in a big way with their kind of... Um, very kind of gutsy, uh, quite aggressive, uh, quite assertive uh, works, and also, uh, it, also the, the the kind of personalities attached to the to the artwork. And when I saw the Rich's photographs, it was a huge body of photographs. Uh, all of the works in the show sensation were from Charles Saatchi's collection. He had started buying very prolifically, very quickly. Um, I felt even then that the that those photographs didn't necessarily fit all that well uh, in this kind of very sensational um kind of story or, or 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 um idea of what art was at that moment.
0: They're very personal, weren't they? Sir?
1: I think so. Also I don't think he was trying, well, I know that he wasn't trying through his work to uh, get attention or to um, shock or um, uh, kind of titillate people in the way that some of the other works certainly were. Mm.
0: Because at the time there was... There were some sort of questions around whether there was any exploitation of his family, and I mean, do you think that came out of the fact that it was in this setting of sensation, and that if they yeah. if they'd have come to the public in a different way, that may not have been the case? I
1: think that um, the idea of explo- exploitation is very complex. I think that um, it would probably have been impossible for Richard to have exploited his family when he took the photographs; he was very young. Mm. I don't think he um, had uh, any knowledge of the art world as a kind of um, contemporary space where people worked. I don't think that that was really uh, how he came to be doing those things at all. So, no, I don't think he was exploiting anyone. Mm. What happens afterwards is is a different matter and uh, he did stop taking the photographs of the family and uh, his practice moved on to other things yeah. uh, because once you know that, of course, that certain people read things in certain way um, you do have to be cognizant of that and decide whether that's what you want to do or not.
0: Yes, and perhaps you can't really take those photos without... Knowing that, and so it changes the whole setting
1: I would think so, uh, as I say, he was very young uh, and he took the, the, he was he started off taking the photographs as studies to make paintings mm. and um, even so uh, somebody recognized that the photographs were good and um, it, so they fast uh, they they were first published in Razor art the book before they were kind of uh, then rethought again with other people's help uh, as 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 artworks and kind of limited uh, you know it, the, you know then kind of seen as works as part of limited editions uh, that could be sold and that of course changes what it what, what the what the work is
0: yeah. And then, of course, now we see it in film, and along the process of this, Richard made other short films based on the same subject. So, when you first met, you'd presumably seen those films as well. Yeah,
1: I mean, I, um, my background is very kind of mixed, and I don't have one linear path whatsoever, uh, but I had, um, been working with artists to make film and video projects for some time when I met Richard and um, along with other things actually but um, we met in an exhibition uh, of his photographs and just started chatting and he basically was saying what he was asking like how do you make something that you know is planned what do you do how do you do this because he had never done that he had basically put a camera or a video camera to his eye and shot what was in front of him
0: okay that's interesting it was very
1: very much coming from a single person uh, being you know for want of a better kind of term in the right place at the right time pointing and shooting hmm and then a process of looking and editing sometimes with other people afterwards to decide what was the work this is very different to the way that films are made yeah absolutely and especially uh if you want to make something which uh just to go back you know we started just by chatting and then i you know he was saying you know he'd really really be interested in doing that and i said well just write me you know so it started with a short email and a reply and then a longer one and a reply and that's really how things started and he was interested in the, this period where his dad was, uh, had sort of isolated himself and was drinking. And um, I think Richard was kind of almost uh, thinking about looking at, looking at his dad as, you know, almost a subject. You know, like, what, what, what does it look like when one person is alone and isolated in a room and just uh keeping themselves going mainly with alcohol Mm. Uh, and i think it was you know quite it started as quite a small idea and then grew through through a lot of conversation, actually, and writing back and forth, and kind of thinking about what this might be, and expanded. And then there were other stories.
0: Yes, because in the finished film, there's there's sort of three stories that yeah. happen at different periods in time. I presume they're all based on on real memories of yes. of Richards.
1: They are. Um, the 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 whole film is really, I mean, from. It is of course uh, autobiographical it is of course uh, about his family but memory is also a, a subject in itself in a way you know memory is unreliable and we every time we talk about something or or describe a memory or um tell somebody what happened we're changing we're editing all the time yeah and so f- that's in, like everything that happened in the film, almost everything that happened in the film happened, but not necessarily exactly yeah. in that way. It's not a it's not a documentary. It's not you know. A I mean, he wasn't there
0: for the first scene, for example. It's a it's presumably a story he was told by the family exactly, in different exactly. ways. Yeah, exactly. And in terms of, it was interesting what you were saying about him learning to to tell a story being somewhat apart from it rather than just recording what you're seeing how did that process develop for him then how was he as a director
1: um well he's he's not used to working with people uh, in that's in that sense i mean he, he does teach but that's very different obviously yeah. that's not collaborative in the same sense so uh, i think you know it it was a big learning curve and um, the, f- the film grew out of a single-screen installation project, and then there were two more stories. Everything developed really slowly, mm. to be honest. Everything, you know, developed very um, much part of a process of exchange. You know, so Richard would write something. He wrote very much in picture, so he would write something and send it to me, and then I would write back. And it, things just grew like that. Mm. And also through conversations. And um, the There was no dialogue or anything, for example. Okay. At first it was just almost like describing pictures.
0: Yeah. Well, there's very little dialogue in the film as well. Yeah, there was yeah. nothing at first. <laughs> okay,
1: right. So it's almost like describing, you know, what... As I say, almost like describing, you know... Still images. Pictures, yeah. and then there was more action, and then... There was uh, dialogue, it, so it was very slow. And and you know things had to change. There were certain things that were written, and and you know I, we would talk about them and and say, well, don't think we should, don't think that should be there. Mm. You know there were things that changed during that process. Yeah.
0: It seems to me that the performances are quite incredible, though, in considering there's so little dialogue yeah. and there's so. And there is a sense in which he's bringing still images to life. I feel I know certainly those earlier works quite well of his. And there are other scenes beyond just the family scenes. There are scenes of of uh, sort of parts of the estate where it's it's kind of lit by a certain sort of street light. But it has a, a very sort of particular atmosphere, which I remember seeing in other still photos. And also photographs from the zoo that he did a whole series of. And all of those come into the film Mm. and and work very well sort of mix I mean for me it it works remarkably well as a a film even if you didn't know any of those works but presumably that was quite a long process from what you say to actually get to that point and and get the actors to absolutely I mean it was
1: absolutely crucial that it worked as a film yeah not only um not only kind of at, at the later sort of you know the later points in the process where where you know we we were trying very hard to make feature film, but even um, from earlier stages, like you know it's not it's not a straightforward thing to just go and get funding for somebody who hasn't made a film. Mm. And because it, you did my, Kickstarter, my, is that right? Yeah, well we did many things. Right. Um, uh, the first the first bit of money was raised just to make this uh, this when the project just existed as a single screen installation idea then um as part of my funding application one of them um i had said oh we'll do kickstarter we'll do this we'll do that and um in a sense i, I mean i was just i was basically being as proactive as possible mm. um the Kickstarter, in a sense, turned into almost a kind of pre-marketing tool. Yeah. It was a lot of work, though. It yes. Was
0: this, yeah. It was extremely...
1: It was extremely onerous, and there are still things that we have to do now for Did you, it. So
0: you, you gave um, rewards and so on as part of it? Yes. Yeah.
1: But it's a lot of work. The relationships side of it is a lot of work, mm. kind of like uh, talking to people and... Yeah. But also... You know, Richard is, although he's well-known uh, in certain parts of the art world, he's not very well-known in the film world. No. And And um, so, you know, it's also creating an idea of what a film might be and what of what uh, he as a director and other people in the team. So, you know, let's be clear, you, you know, it couldn't, I, I couldn't, you couldn't sell it to to the BFI as an idea just based on one person they didn't know. Yeah.
0: Yes you had uh, a, a, a great cinematographer attached yeah. too didn't you yes that was
1: so that's just was you know that's just that may be intriguing but it's not proof that we could make a film mm. so you know you you're you're basically you know you're coming to them with a person they don't know an idea that's you know maybe once they see some of the images they get a sense of what it might be but it's not, you know, a new Bond film or anything. No, of course. <laughs> you know, <it's laughs> um, and you have, to, you have to put an idea of uh, the film in people's minds. Mm. That, that's very much part of what I do, you know. It, it's, it's an idea of what Richard might do, but it's actually the film itself it's a, it's about kind of putting an idea of the of something that doesn't exist into people's minds and um, uh, trying to kind of bring them to it in order for them to to support the project and yes. then to fund it and yeah, uh, yeah so it's a it's a kind of str- slightly strange um, way of working actually it's interesting
0: to me because I remember so clearly the Raise, the <coughs> raise a Laugh book. I mean, yeah. and I remember the the effect that those images had, which, were, which I mean, it did cause a sort of bit of a, you know, obviously the tabloid response was one thing, but there was, it had a huge response, I think, in many ways. I think it really affected people, that series. And when I saw the, that the film was coming, I thought, well, will will it work if you don't know about the history of yeah. that? Series And actually, having watched it, I, th- I think it very much does. But presumably, that was a challenge too, right? It's To sort of separate it from its past as well. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And um, for me, it was absolutely crucial. Uh, it was obviously crucial that we could sell... I mean, I say sell, that we could... Uh, bring people on board with the film itself, not just with some artist who had been very famous with a certain body of work in a certain period. That's not quite enough. No. Um, Had he done other short films, that would be fine, but he had done, you know, gallery pieces, which were, in a sense, single takes, uh, almost a kind of photographic moment extended. And then Fish Tank, which was a film which is uh, would would be described now as kind of fly-on-the-wall documentary uh, style, really just putting a camera in front of your face and kind of seeing what's there. And then selecting, you know, the thing that Richard is very good at is kind of telling a story within a frame. So kind of knowing where to look and knowing... Uh, and 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 making a film that way but that's completely different to making a film that is that has to stand up as a as a as a story as a um as an experience for people who who may or may not know the work Mm. it was absolutely crucial that uh, we make a film that was a film
0: Yes, and in terms of that, do you, I still feel there's a. I mean, for me personally, there's a, there is a fascination around what it means to Richard, I suppose, and what that which links to the photographs, but still is renewed with the film because, of course, there's it's interesting for somebody to go back to their own childhood yeah. and to consider it in such depth. But then there's also the question of what the narrative perhaps speaks of in terms of politics and in terms of uh, the way our world is now still, but what, what it was then in the sort of, I guess, the Thatcher era. Yeah. I mean, are both those things important to you, do you think, for yes. people to take away?
1: definitely. And uh, uh, it's, if Richard had written a script and then given it to me and I'd read it and it was amazing, that would have been one thing, but it wasn't that way. Mm. It, you know it was a very very long and slow process actually and there were the three sections were written almost independently and it was through our conversations that uh, the idea came to 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 literally roughly kind of push them together yeah and uh, and see how that might function as a feature um so and so what what happened is that basically I, he the first, the first, the, the kind of ray section, the, the, the part of his dad being in, in a room, was written first. And then the other two parts followed, one after the other. And I didn't feel that they would work in a gallery context.
0: Mm. Okay, so initially it could have been a gallery film. Yeah. yeah.
1: I didn't think that <clears throat> those works could stand uh, alone in a gallery context and really function very well the 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 part where if you know you just have a single person in a room with virtually no dialogue uh it's a very uh, and as a viewer you're in a gallery which is another room yeah uh not really in dialogue with anybody else. I think that that can work really well, but a kind of narrative where something happens and you know there's action and uh, a story. I, 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 for me that's not really something that works uh, that well in, in that context. also because of the way people uh, uh, watch and experience things in galleries, they, they drift in or drift out. And yeah, you don't points. really follow a
0: story, do you?. Yes. Yeah.
1: So uh, a story that like uh, Ray in a room where, where time almost is standing still, it doesn't matter when you, when you enter or leave that space. Because you're basically uh, experiencing somebody who's kind of uh, relinquished his relationship with time. Yeah. So it's fine. When the other two parts uh, were written, uh, I kind of sort of squashed them together and sent them to somebody whom I uh, really trust who um, runs a festival in France and just to uh, use as a sounding board. And sort of said, what do you think? And they loved the idea and asked us to come and pitch that. Okay. And that, and I, I remember, you know, ringing Richard up and saying, do you remember we talked about maybe it's a film, like this film festival
0: thinks it's a film. Yeah. Yes, it's thinking it in different re- ways. So it? it was yeah.
1: really a kind of back-to-front way of making a film. And, yeah. I, and so we, we went and did that and that was at the same time as uh, me building this I mean that gave me the courage really to kind of build this idea and talk about it as a film and then talk to film financiers and funders yeah so then it shifted
0: yeah yes and have you and did you at that point just thinking of the narratives in it did you yes. see that there could be a resonance that isn't about Richard's personal story but about yes where we are, you know, our society.
1: Of course, uh, the period, um, I mean, it's loosely kind of taking place during the kind of Thatcher years. What happened in that tower block happened in many other places. The experience of people at that time uh, who suddenly found themselves kind of displaced uh, and um, kind of slipping through the sort of net and not really living up to the um, the narrative the kind of narrative of what was going on in Britain at that time which this kind of Thatcherite narrative about kind of um, taking control of one's own life looking out for number one buying yeah. your own buying your successful. council yeah. play, property like that shift wasn't of course it was happening to some people but it just wasn't happening to some people
0: mm. and and those stories weren't being told really were they
1: no i don't think so and you know there were lots of people in those kinds of tower blocks i mean a lot of people from my uh from what i understand a lot of people were shifted into them from other places they were sort of when things went wrong elsewhere, or uh, sometimes young people who didn't have anywhere to live, they were kind of shoved into these sort of spaces. And nobody in, for example, that tower block had a job. Mm. So it, this huge sort of
0: community of, of people yeah.
1: who just existed outside of this, this sort of mainstream narrative of what was going on. And so, yeah, it's just really important that, uh, whilst not trying to uh, deliver a message, yeah, which is not in any way, no, it doesn't
0: really. It just raises questions. It, I think. Is,
1: yeah, is to just talk about and kind of uh, look at different um, perspectives and different uh, experiences. And. In a, in a sense, because you're talking about a microcosm, a, you know, a very tiny microcosm, really, you're talking about uh, a very small community in a small place, in a small country as well, um, you can kind of really focus on, on detail. You, can, you, you don't need to give some sort of big general yeah. message or, 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 or context... Uh, because you can, it's kind of implicit, really. It's there. Yeah. And we went to see that. We went to the building where where Richard grew up. I mean, the thing is that, I, yeah, I, I've known him now for a long time, and mm. we we would do these trips to Cradley Heath, and go into the building and walk around a lot. And you know, he's he's not a great. It's not very chatty in some senses, but like when we would go there, because we're very comfortable with each other and we we do talk about these things, you know, he would just go, oh, this would be like this, and you know, describe things. It it kind of became a sort of basis for me to think about how how we could do things.
0: Yes, because actually one thing, you saying that reminds me that one thing that really struck me about the film was that it managed to recreate a time in terms of things like a phone box the use of a foam box in one scene and sort of carpets and furnishings and so on but without it feeling at all a pastiche which is really quite remarkable because it's very easy to overstock a scene yeah. with, with period with objects yeah, yeah or to you know to to just think about it too much but somehow it, it just made it feel very genuine i felt when i saw it
1: well yeah period films often i think uh, make it really Crazy naive mistake. Mm. If you're making something in the '60s, somebody goes and buys everything from like whatever it is, 1962, and 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 so everywhere you look, I mean, if you happen to love the period or, or the time or whatever, you you know, it's a delight in one way, but it's completely unreal because how many people in life have everything of the, that that yeah. moment? It's like it a doesn't show home. Work. <laughs> it, yeah. It's not true. No, it, it doesn't. It doesn't exist, it hardly exists, you know, maybe extraordinarily rich people who who, uh, want to kind of redo their place every five minutes. But even so, you still, you do still keep things Mm. that are not like literally from that, from that, that year. So because we're, we're making a film about people who didn't have a lot of money, who are not rich, that was in a sense quite easy. Not easy is the wrong word. It was quite useful. It was quite useful to talk uh, when you know when talking to people like the production designers and people just saying they wouldn't have had they didn't have money. Yeah. They wouldn't go out there and buy the latest thing because they couldn't. And it's a different way of thinking about period, I yeah. think, because. Uh, there also there's the, the photographs which are amazing kind of reference of course and yeah. there's a lot that can be taken from that but also you have to it was you know mainly the film was mainly kind of um, made uh, from real things that you really bought in real charity shops or whatever and it, as long as things were not from a period after uh, the time that we were, you know, the time period that we're talking about, we're fine. Yeah. So it it, it kind of didn't really matter. Oh, there were a few key pieces that we tried to source or find uh, One, th- a couple of things that we made which were direct references to the photographs. And I felt that was really also very important for those people who uh, either knew the photographs but also to create a kind of familiarity in a sense uh, to make people behave in exactly the same way if a piece of furniture is um, you know if you can if you can touch both sides of 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 the the electric heater when sitting in front of it and you can also reach the dressing table, which is directly behind it. The, the actor is not going to need a huge amount of direction mm. if you're saying, sit up and, and have a, cig- a cigarette, because they, they're instinctively going to perform in the way that we are imagining so yeah. that they should perform.
0: Yes, because it creates be- a limitation. Yes. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, So there are a few pieces of furniture... There are a few things like that that, are, that were key. The headboard of the bed, the electric fire, the oval mirror, the dressing table in the bedroom, and a few other things. Position of uh, furniture, for example. Um, the dimension of rooms. So we shot in real spaces. Mm-hmm. It creates a, a, kind of, a kind of limitation, a physical limitation but also it um, a necessity for the camera to be in certain places it's very it's very interesting if we were on a set where it could the camera could be anywhere mm. where the space could be as big or small as we wanted to um i don't think that i mean i just think we needed limitations yeah in order to make the film that we yeah, had in real. mind yeah and for richard to feel that he had some control i yeah. I, I just don't think it would be possible with you know yeah you can do it however you like yeah yeah it's too much yeah <laughs> yeah i think it would have been a mess
0: yeah so the film went to lots of film festivals yeah. uh, last year and and won awards and has done very well and now is having a cinematic release. I'm right in saying that? Yes. Uh, across the UK. Uh, so March the eighth, I think I should put the the date yes, in. <laughs> March
1: the eighth. The film will uh, be in cinemas in the UK. Um, uh, so we hope that lots of people go and see
0: it. Yes, and what and what next for Richard in the set? Because obviously there's been a huge journey yeah. for him. Does. Does he want to make more films now? Is he, is he, does he want to continue exploring the, the subject of his family and his childhood? What's yeah. happening next?
1: No, I don't think he wants to explore the subject of childhood uh, and family. Although I'm not averse to the teenage years. I think that would be really, really a different film, but really perhaps really fun film. Uh, um, Jason, particularly his brother, who's the, the naughty one, um, but no, at the moment where I'm in the process of optioning a book, Okay. so, um, we've been talking for about, again, I think we're very slow for about a year and a half, maybe two years about this one particular book and, um, yeah, we're very close to, to having that sorted out and that's, uh, that's related in a, in a different way. Again, to Richard's own practice, uh, and also an, another kind of sort of bigger subject that we talk about a lot, uh, which is more to do with the pastoral and the land. And it's um, a story that is kind of very almost the opposite to Rain Liz in that it's outside mm. mainly, and Rain Liz is very confined, uh, very interior film.
0: Very good. Or oh, exciting to see what's next, but everyone should go and see the film. It's I found it hugely powerful and affecting. I mean, it's not necessarily an easy watch, but it's a really uh, sort of makes you think a lot and lots of emotion. Yeah. So, and thank you Great. very much for doing this today. So Ray and Liz is out on March the 8th at Cinemas in the UK, and I thoroughly recommend going to see it. You can also read more about it on the Creative Review website at creativereview.co.uk. Thanks.